Hey, Generation Church, we welcome you and invite you to encounter Jesus with us. We believe that through him, we will encounter love and discover our purpose. So take a seat, lean in, and let this message fortify your faith. Amen. Yep. All right, y'all, let's welcome the one and only Mr. Rocky, who's going to preach the word today. So. Watch out for this honey right here. Oh, it's still this there. Last week. I see that. It's still sweet. Yeah, it's a little sticky. It's not sweet for me. <laughs> oh, you got yeah, I got this. Trying this out today. Well, thank you for welcoming me. If you guys would, just stand up and let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that we get this time to just hear what you want to say, Father. I say, Lord, you are welcome here. And Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would be so heavy here today. I ask that your Spirit would come upon us all. And I pray that we would just receive what you want to say, Lord. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you speak let today be your words and pierce hearts, Lord. Today is all about you, Jesus. So I just say, have your way. We are here and we say, Lord, come. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. Well, first, I just wanted to say thank you. To everyone who's been supporting me and Tia, since we have heard from the Lord and believe that this is where we're to be, I just want to say thank you to everyone who supported us, everyone who's prayed for us. You know, it means so much to us. And I just want to let you know that we are here because we believe God wants us here. And we believe that the Lord is going to use us, and we believe that He's going to move powerfully here. And I'm just so honored to have the support and prayers of everyone here. So I just want to say thank you. Well, we're going to talk about not the most appealing topic. <laughs> we're, today we're talking about offense. And I just want to go ahead. We're going to be going through Matthew 18. That's going to be the, the main passage that will be up on the screen. Matthew 18, starting at verse... 15, and then we'll just jump around here and there as we go. How many of you here have ever been sinned against? Yep, a lot. How many of you here have ever sinned against someone else? You see, the Bible is very clear, and this is talking about a believer. It says, if another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense if the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. Other words for believer is brother. Just FYI, if the Bible says brother, typically it's talking about a believer. If it says neighbor, usually it's talking about the unbeliever. And so it's talking about if a believer sins against you. I'll tell you what happens is most times when someone offends us, the natural thing to do is cut them off completely. That's our response. Is 
you have hurt me, you've offended me, and so you just walk away and you just don't talk to them. That's the natural response. But the Bible says something different. It says that our goal is to win that person back. We're to be reconciled with them, not to cut them off. I heard this quote the other day, that offense has the impression of wisdom. You see, when we're offended, when someone wrongs us and we go to someone else, it's so many times people say, oh, good for you. You shouldn't talk to them. You, you should have told that person off. What they did to you was terrible. Good for you. And it appears as wisdom. That seems like, it seems like it's the right thing to do because people say that's what you should have done. But can I say, if you go to other people when someone's offended you and you talk about that person, do you actually know that's gossip? We're not supposed to do that. Now, it's different if you go to someone for counsel and you're not mentioning the person who offended you, but you're saying, listen, there's someone in my life that's hurt me. How, how do I reconcile? That's different. But when you go to someone else and you say, well, Matthew, man, let me tell you, he ate the last mozzarella cheese stick and I'm so mad about it. <laughs> now, that's different. Because now you are gossiping about someone else. And this is common even in relationships. With your spouse, you start talking about someone who's hurt you at church, and you say all these things about them. Well, what's going to happen the next time that I see that person? All I'm going to think about is all these things that I just heard about them, and that's all I can think about. But maybe the person who just told me this, maybe my spouse, maybe, maybe they reconciled. Maybe they're good. Maybe they have forgiveness. But guess what? Now it's bigger than that because it's fallen on to me. That's why you don't want to go to all these people and say all these things because it creates gossip and you have now just created a thing against that person that is so much bigger than just the two of you. Pride brings offense through entitlement. We're, we, we get into a place of offense because we feel entitled. We feel like we deserve the right to have this person come and repent. In reality, we, we're not entitled to anything. Jesus has forgiven us of so much. So much sin he is forgiving us all from. And if you don't realize how much you're forgiven, then you're going to puff up your chest, you're going to have all this pride inside of you, and you're going to feel entitled, and you're going to say, that person's worse than I am. They deserve to come to me and repent. But that's not God's heart. That's not what he wants from us. We have a responsibility and a duty to other believers around us. It is our job. It is our goal. We should we should aim to be reconciled. We should aim to have that forgiveness between them. If you have a problem with someone, you go to them. You do not go to your yes man. Anybody can find a yes man. I can go to anybody right now, and they're going to say yes, yes, yes. It's not, it's not hard. <laughs> your job is not to find a yes man. Your, your job is to go to that person directly who offended you, and you talk with them, and you have a conversation, and you be real. Well, you say, oh, well, I've tried. I've tried to talk to them, and I've tried to go to them. 
Just because you called them one time and they didn't answer doesn't mean you tried. <laughs> Just because you texted them and they didn't text back doesn't mean you tried. Have you actually put in effort to be reconciled with that person? Now, if you actually have, if you actually really have tried, and you really have tried with all your heart, but that person won't confess, then it says, but if you are unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. This is not someone, like I said earlier, who's going to be your yes man. This is someone who can genuinely be a witness and then they can determine what's to happen. And they can be there and they can hear what's going on. You see, it seems like it's the right thing to do to cut that person off. It, thing, it seems like it's the right thing to do to never talk to them again. But can I tell you that in Proverbs 14, 12, it says what seems right to a man isn't. There's a way that seems right to us, but it's not to God. His way is the right way, not ours. Being unoffendable starts with the heart. That's been talked about a lot today. David, man after God's own heart. The widow's might, she gave out of her heart. A lot of this goes back to the heart. Jesus said in Luke 6.45, A good person produces good from the heart, and a bad person produces bad from the heart. For what your mouth speaks is from your heart. It's not what goes in Matthew 15, 11. There's another thing Jesus said. It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you, but what comes out. And then later, what you speak comes from the heart. From the heart is evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual morality, theft, lying, and slander. All those things are from the heart. What we need if we are in a place of being offended is we need God to change our heart. That's what's going to help us. Now, I'm not saying that if you've really been wronged, to, you shouldn't be hurt. You cannot control how you feel. And you may be genuinely wronged. But what I am saying is you can control how you respond. You can respond in love, not in anger, not in hate. How you respond, what you say, that comes from the heart. And if your response is, I'm going to walk away, and I'm not going to talk to them, and I'm going to wait for them to come to me, that's not what God wants. That's not what he says here. He says that we are to reconcile. Not, don't wait for them to come to you. You go to them. Even if you feel that you offended them, you go to them and you say, hey, I've noticed something's different about you. You've been acting different around me. Have I offended you in any way? Have I hurt you? You want to be reconciled with them. We, we need to look at each, each other as brother and sister. We need to see each other as family. The Lord, he says in the Bible that he wants the world to see who he is by the way that we love each other. How is the world going to see who God is if we can't even do that? What I'm saying is there's a higher calling. There's such a big calling for us to be with each other, to love each other. And we're so focused on everything else that we forget that God has placed us together as a family to work together, not to compete. 
We are to work together. We are to build up each other. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, We are called to glory to glory. How does glory to glory happen? Every Christian is called to be going a place from glory to glory. How does that happen? The scripture says that it's through the Holy Spirit. It's through the Holy Spirit transforming us. We need transformation. Without transformation, this isn't going to happen. Jesus said that you must be born again. John 3, 7. That's, he said well, you must be born again. You must be born of water and of the Spirit if you want to enter into the kingdom of heaven. We must be transformed. I learned this the other day, that if a, if a caterpillar doesn't transform into a butterfly, it will typically not live long and usually will die of dehydration. If we don't transform, if we're not born again, we will die. We won't make it long. We need Him. He is the bread of life. He says that if you are thirsty, come to Him. He has water that we know nothing about here on earth. His water provides eternal life. And there's so many walking around spiritually dehydrated because we haven't gone to him for the drink, for the water. That's a whole sermon in itself, spiritual dehydration. (laughs) If we don't go to him each and every day and we don't drink from him and we don't eat from him, then you will eventually die from dehydration. And you will fall away, and you will forget who he is, and you will forget your duty, and you will forget your identity. See, when you go to Jesus, and when you make your priority him, and you make time with him every single day, then you start to learn what your identity is more and more. Because the closer you are to Jesus, the more he speaks those thoughts that he has about you. And he says, you're my son. You're my daughter. This is who you're called to be. And he builds you up because that's who he is. He's a good, good father. And he will tell you all these amazing things that's true. And you can take those things and you can build up on those. We're called to know who we are. We're called to know who he created us to be. If we're offended in our heart, If we're offended, there's something in our heart that needs to be transformed. The Lord said, I will give, in Jeremiah 24, 7, the Lord said, I will give them a heart to know me, for I am the Lord, and they will be my people, and I will be their God, for they will return to me with their whole heart. In Galatians 4, 6, God sent the Spirit of Jesus into the hearts of the believer. We need His Holy Spirit to come into our heart and to transform our heart. Offense is deadly. It will bring us to death. So listen to me. We have to aim, we have to shoot to be reconciled with that believer. And if they're not a believer, then you still have to forgive. The Lord says that we have to always forgive because what happens if we don't forgive? Matthew 6, 15. If you don't forgive, God won't forgive you. That's pretty serious. Dealing with offense requires forgiveness. 
And sometimes it's a journey. Sometimes it takes time. It's not always going to be quick. But if you're not actively seeking to try to release forgiveness for this person, if you're not trying to be reconciled, then what are you doing? Your heart's not even in the right place. It's different if you are trying, but you're in a place where you're like, well, I'm just working through the hurt that's within me right now, and I need time, but I I want to forgive them. I'm just learning how to do it. That's completely different. Your heart is you want to forgive them. You're just trying to do it in a genuine way. But if you're in a place where you're not even trying to forgive them, and you're like, they don't deserve it, I'm worried for you. Because this is so serious. Our love for each other is serious. God takes it seriously. Jesus wants us to love each other, and he wants us to know of that love. Forgiveness is so much. It's, it's love. Forgiveness is love. Do you realize what he did on the cross is more than we can ever imagine. It's more than we could ever comprehend. And I pray all the time. I say, Lord, show me how important it is for the fact that you die on the cross. Let me understand that. Let me really know that deeper. Let me really know that more. Why is it so important that you die on the cross for my sins? I know it's for my sins. I know that your blood covers me. I know that your blood delivers me. But I want to really know more and more in my heart, why is this so important? The more we know it, it says a person that is forgiven much loves much. When you know how much you're forgiven, you can love others so much more. But if you're puffing your chest up and you're saying that, oh, you know, I'm not as bad as that person. Do you even know what that person did to me? Look at who they are. If you're saying that and you're thinking that you're better than that person, you've missed the whole point. And you are completely missing the mark. You're completely missing the gospel. He has called us to love. He's called us to forgive. And there is no exception This is unconditional love. He says to love your neighbor as you love yourself. The Greek word he used for us to love our neighbor is agape. Agape means unconditional. And you say that, oh, I'll love them as long as they do this, as long as they don't say this. No. He says you are to love them without conditions. And if you don't understand that, you don't know Jesus. Because that's how much he loves you. It is unconditional. We are undeserving. And we need to get this in our heart. The more we experience that love, the more we're going to go out to Asheville and we're going to preach the gospel. And we're going to look at someone in their eye that hates Christians and we're going to say, I love you. The more we get this, the more we'll be able to go to those who don't like us. And we'll be able to share his love. And we'll be able to forgive them. And we will be able to pray for them. But we have to get this in our heart. Offense will hold you back. Offense will quench the Holy Spirit within you. The Bible says we can quench the Holy Spirit. We can stop the flow of God's Spirit from moving in our life. We can do that. Do you want to stop the Holy Spirit from moving through you? Or do you want Him to move through you without measure as it did for Jesus?
We can have the Holy Spirit without measure. But we need intimacy with Jesus. And we need Him to come into our heart and transform it. And once we let His Holy Spirit transform our heart, then we can live a life unto the Lord. Then we can be unoffendable. It starts with the heart. The Lord's been sharing with me for a few months that He's been saying, Rocky, I'm doing surgery on your heart. I'm trying to seek this more and more myself. In, in the New Testament alone, in the New English translation, I've, I've, from what I've counted, there's over 140 verses with the word heart. In the Old Testament, I think there's over 800. There's a lot of scripture about the heart. Jesus, he cares less about what you do. He cares more about your motive, why you're doing what you're doing, because that goes into the heart. If we can get the inside clean by His Spirit, and by His Spirit alone, not by our strength, then whatever we say, whatever we do, our actions, it's going to be unto Him because it starts with the inside, not with the outside. we got to get in here clean first, and then we're going to be able to live a life unto the Lord. We should never say, well, I did my part. We should never say that. Our, our goal isn't to do our part. Our goal is to win them back. We should go above and beyond. I mean, isn't that what Jesus did for us? Shouldn't we do that for others? Shouldn't we do the same for others as he had done for us? Shouldn't we love them so radically that it looks like nothing on here on earth? What's the point if the way that you love looks like everybody else who doesn't even have God? What's the point? We're supposed to be changed. We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be set apart. We're, we're called to be holy. If we're not set apart and we look like the rest of the world, do we even have them? I mean, his word says that we are called to be holy and that when we have his spirit, he makes us holy. And being holy is being set apart. It is being different. And so from what I've read in the scripture, if that's not us and we look like everyone else, then do we really have his spirit? We have to be filled with the Holy Spirit every day. Scripture talks about that. We have to go to him and be filled by him every single day. We can't just do all these deeds. We have to do what he wants. We have to focus on him. Humanitarian aid does it. Most of them do it way better. They have so many helicopters. They have so much resources. They give the so so much. They give to a lot of poor people. They build shelters. They do a lot. It can't just be that. The Spirit of God in Corinthians is not a matter of talk, but of power. God loves show and tell. He does not want us to just talk, talk, talk. He wants us to show. Show who He is to other people. Show His kingdom. Show His power. You cannot just have this. You need him to move here. And then when he moves here, you're going to see his power move in your life. It's having that humility. Releasing offense starts with humility. If you don't want to be offended, you need to be humble. And you just say, I'm not entitled. 
Jesus, you have forgiven me of more than I can comprehend. And you ask the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, help me to forgive this person. And he will lead you on that path. Now, going back to Matthew 18, if the two or three witnesses, if, it does, if that does not work, here's the last option. If the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. If he or she won't accept the church's decision, treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. Now, isn't, doesn't that seem harsh? He's Jesus. He's the lovey-dovey. Why, why would he say to do that? No, what, you have to see this. You have to look at this. This, this isn't done in an hour, all these steps. This is not a matter of just an hour or two hours. This is a process. If you get to the third part, that's a, it takes a while to get there. It's not something that happens quick. The third option is if that person has genuinely sinned against you and you brought it to the church, then someone's not willing to repent. Someone doesn't even care about repenting. They don't even want anything to do with repenting. And if it gets to that point to where they don't care... Well, there's no repentance in them. If you have the Holy Spirit, you have conviction. Conviction leads to repentance. And it's, it's like, that's why you treat them as a pagan, because it's like they don't even have the Holy Spirit. If you're not convicted to repent, do you have the Holy Spirit? That's why it says to do that. But getting to that is not a quick process. It takes it's a process and it takes time. And typically, if you get all the way to that part, a lot of times they're going to call you out too because you're the one who's offended as well. And it seems that you're still offended and you haven't released that. If you have a problem with someone, go to them. It's simple. You can go to them. You don't have to go to all these people who are your yes men. You can go to them directly and have a conversation that's healthy. It's so unhealthy when you have a problem with someone and you just ignore them. That's unhealthy. And that hurts. It hurts you. It hurts people around you. And then you just become this bitter person. I know people who have not forgiven for years and years, and they've just held it in, and oh my goodness, there's so much bitter in their heart. Eliza always says, the older you get, usually, usually you get more sweet or more bitter. And let me tell you, if you are, if you've had unforgiveness for a long time, there's a lot of bitterness in your heart. And I, I know those people, it's not fun to be around them, and it hurts. It hurts me to see that. When I've shared forgiveness, when they know how important forgiveness is, but they refuse and they say, I just can't do it. What they did to me was too much. I don't want to talk to them again. I don't want to see them again. I'm talking about certain, certain people who have cut off their children and haven't talked to them for five plus years because of unforgiveness. Now that hurts. And those children don't even know God because their parent can't even take the responsibility and release forgiveness 
and show the love of God. That's a real thing that happens with a lot of people. And it's, it's not good. It leads to death. It does not lead to life. Straight and narrow is the way to eternal life. It's not broad. Most people will say, good for you, cut them off, don't talk to them. But we're not most people. Moses says that the thing that sets us apart in Exodus 33 from everyone else is the Holy Spirit. That's the thing that sets us apart from the whole world. We are called to love and to love with all our heart. Even when we don't understand it, we don't have to understand this. We just have to be humble, open, and we have to ask the Lord to lead us and guide us. And He will. He's faithful. He's loving. He's gracious. And, and He has feelings too. <laughs> you don't think it hurts Him that you're unforgiving? It hurts Him a lot. Jesus, He's the most abused. He's the most looked down on. Let me tell you, I know that some of us have been really abused, but he is the most abused all the time, every day by people who forget he's even there when he's right in the room and he's right beside you. And he's saying, would you just love that person? Why is it that you have so much hate? I just wish you would know the love I have for you, and then you can share it with others. That's what he's saying. And he's crying. He's really, he, the Holy Spirit's grieving. He's crying beside you because you can't even release forgiveness. When he's saying, if you would only know how much I've forgiven you, if you would only know the love I have for you, if you would only know how precious you are to me, and you hate your life, and you're so bitter with everyone else, and you're so shut off, if you would just let me in, there would be so much healing, so much deliverance, so much freedom, and you'd be able to love no matter who comes your way. We need this. We need him. This world doesn't do it. This world isn't enough. He's the only one who satisfies. He's the only one who can give us life. He is eternal life. Nothing else. No one else. And if we can't give him our adoration, if we can't give him our attention, why are we even here? Why do we even get together? Why do we even show up to church if we can't give him our love, if we can't give him our attention? Jesus was serious. He called Pharisees foxes. He was not just a sweet, hippy-dippy. He was stern. And he kept things holy. That's why he chased people out of the temple. Jesus keeps holy what is holy. And that's what we're called to do too. As believers, as people who love him, we have to love each other. Because if we do not love that person who has offended us, do you even have the love of God in your own heart? Because it seems like that's what you're lacking, is his love. It says that if 
you're presenting in Matthew 5, 23 through 24. It says, if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar and you remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person and then come and offer your sacrifice. Go and do what? Be reconciled. That's the goal. He's saying, if, if you've got something against someone, and you remember that there's a problem, leave what you have here. You need to go to them, and you need to work it out. I mean, it's like, he's saying, we, we need to wake up. He's saying, what are you doing here? Go and be a big girl, be, be a big boy, and go work it out. Pull up your pants, talk to the person. Stop coming here and pretending like you're this holy, holier than thou, and go and talk. You can come here and you can put on a show, but if your heart's not right, it won't last. You'll, you'll run out of the facade soon. You can put on a show, you can, you can look the part, you can raise your hands in church, you can get on your knees. But if your heart's not right, it will not last. And you'll find yourself burnt out because he's our strength. And if you don't have him, you will be burnt out. And then you'll stop coming to church because you were faking it. And you realize that you've been doing this in your own strength. We need him. And offense has no place in our life. We have to stand firm. And we have to say, offense, you have no place in my life. You have no place in my family's life. We need to declare his goodness over us. We need to declare who he is. The enemy trembles to him. And we have him. He's more powerful than anyone else. We have to lay everything down. And we have to be reconciled with that person. We have to go to them. And we have to... Show them how much we love them. A lot of times we stay offended because we want something. And you say, I don't want something. I just want them to forgive me. That's wanting something. A lot of times we're offended because we want something. We want them to come to us. We want them to ask for forgiveness. We, we want them to apologize, all of that. You're offended because you want something. Release that. Jesus is supposed to be enough. Why do you want that when you have him? Is he not enough? Or is he? Either he's enough or he's not. And again, I'm not saying if, if you are really hurt, I'm not saying it's bad to be hurt. We cannot control how we feel. But what I'm saying is you can control how you respond. You can control how you act. And as long as you and your heart want to release forgiveness over that person and want to reconcile with them, that is what matters. And I'm not shaming you. If you feel this conviction in your heart, then you need to take it to Jesus. And if I've offended you, you need to come to me. <laughs> but there's different parameters for leaders 
in the Bible. We can't talk about it today because there's not enough time, but I will say, like for a big church, right, for leaders, you still need to go to them if, if they have offended you. But I will say that for a really big church, a preacher always offends someone every day. There's so many people going against them. But it doesn't matter who he is. If it's Bill Johnson, if it's Billy Graham's gone, but if it was Billy Graham, if they've offended you, you go to them. Even, even then, write a letter, email. We have technology. They have assistance. Do what you can. Most of the time, if it's someone like that, they didn't really sin against you. You were just hurt by something they said. We have to look into our heart, and we have to see what's there. The Lord, he brought up to me last night when I was spending time with him, there was forgiveness that I needed to release. I didn't even know it was there. When we're humble, and when we understand that we, we're not above anyone, and we realize that he has forgiven us of I don't know what's happening. Is that my hair? <laughs> testing, testing. All right. I don't know. <laughs> I just forgot what I was saying. What was I saying? Yes, when, you, when you're humble and when you humble yourself and you just lay everything down, the Lord will bring things to your heart that you didn't even know was there. We have to humble ourselves. We have to lay things down, and we have to say, Lord, show me what's in my heart, Father. Is there unforgiveness? And I guarantee you right now, there's a lot of people in this room, you can think of someone that you haven't truly forgiven. I can guarantee it. Maybe not everyone, but I'm sure, I'm sure, there's someone we can think of that you have not released forgiveness to, and you've never tried to reconcile. But that's not the heart of Jesus. We're called to have his heart. We're called to let the Holy Spirit come in and wreck our heart. And then when he does that, we are able to show love unlike any other. So you need to start with humility to, to have forgiveness. If you are offended... You need to go to the person and you need to realize that there's something in your heart that needs to be changed if you are offended because we can be unoffendable. We can. It's possible because scripture says it. But it starts with the heart and it's always started with the heart. The heart starts with so many things. If you want to live a radical life unto Jesus and you want to live a life unlike any other and be the most radical Christian, you have to fix this. And it starts with him. It's not in your strength. We are not strong enough to do this. It has to be by his strength. It has to be by his spirit. So get over yourself. Lay everything down and say, Lord, who do I need to forgive? Has someone offended me that I've never tried to be reconciled to? And just let his Holy Spirit change your heart. Because he is going to be back before we know it. 
There's a time that's coming. We honestly do not know when he's coming, but it could be at any moment, at any time. And it's time that we stop acting like he could come a thousand years from now because he can come at any second. And he says that, is your lamp full? Is your lamp filled with oil? Because I'll tell you what's going to happen if it's not. If it's halfway full and you think you have time to fill it up later, he's going to come and the people with lamps filled with oil, they're going to be able to participate with what he's doing and the others that run to try to fill up their lamp, it's going to be too late. He's given us all a a decent chance. We are all given a fair opportunity. None of this is unfair. You get your opportunity to seek him. You get your opportunity to give your life to him. You get your opportunity to, to have intimacy and to fill up your lamp. Take it. Don't wait. Take it. This is so much more than us. Get over yourself. It's so much more than me. We have to lay down and we have to say, Lord, forgive me for my offense. And he will wreck your heart and you will be able to look like Jesus. Let's stand. Prayer team, if you'd come up. So, if this is you, and you're in this room, and there's been, un- there's been offense in your heart, or there's been unforgiveness, and you need help, and you're in a place right now where you feel like, I've been struggling, there's been so much hurt in my heart, and honestly, I'm at a place where I don't know how to forgive. It's hard, Lord. Then come forward and receive prayer. And just lay it down. This is so important, guys. Come forward and receive prayer. And the Lord, he will help you. He will give you the strength. And he will transform your heart. If, you're, if you've been in this room and you feel like my heart needs to be transformed, if there's been things that you've been saying that isn't of God, that's, that starts with the heart. If you've been speaking things out loud and they have been so against God, that means that your heart's not in the right place and you need your heart to be transformed by the Holy Spirit. If that's you too, then I just want to invite you forward to receive prayer. But let's go ahead and let's close together in prayer. I'd like to just add one thing, Rocky. I think this was so good. And I've, I've been a Christian for I can't remember how long. How long have you been? Over 40 years? I can't remember one time that I ever felt like forgiving anybody. I can never remember one time that I ever felt like letting go of an offense. If you're waiting for the feeling, you're never going to do it. It really comes down to, are you, are you going to be obedient to his word and take the first step? And then when you take the first step, then the release comes. The feeling comes. But if you're waiting for goosebumps, or if you're waiting for an angel to come up beside you and tell you, you know what, this is really something you should do, or Jesus, he's done it all. Now it's on you. And so really it's a choice. Are you willing to lay down your will? It's not a matter of 
of so much, well, I have my right. I know what's right for me. It comes down to an obedient heart and surrendering your will to God's word, becoming obedient in your heart. So I want to encourage you, you're not going to get the goosebumps today. But if you know you've been offended and you know you have unforgiveness, you know that there's something wrong inside of you, you're going to have to take the action. You're going to have to step out and come forward and get prayer. And when you make that movement, God backs you. And he helps you. And he delivers you from the snare of the trapper. Because what's happened, when there's an offended heart, and when a heart has unforgiveness, you actually, your foot is actually stuck in a bear trap. You don't realize it. But he delivers you from the snare of the trapper. And then you're free. And then once your heart's free, healing can flow. Joy can come. The goodness of the Lord can rest on your life. But you have to take the first step. And I'm telling you, if that's you today, let it be the day. Let it be the day that you can go leaving this place, leaping and dancing and praising God. And no longer carrying this heavy burden on your back. But be free today by the good news of Jesus. Because he's come to set us free. He set us free. We are to be no longer tormented by. Have you ever been offended and all of a sudden you think about it for about a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks? It's like you rehearse it till you nurse it. Till it just keeps going. Let go of it. Oh my gosh. You're losing now so much of your joy just by keeping rehearsing it and nursing it. So, Father, I thank you for the word today. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that your, your word is sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing soul and spirit, bone and marrow. And I'm asking, Lord, that your word would go forth and it would bring forth, it would accomplish what has been sent for, and that's to bring salvation and wholeness to our hearts and lord we thank you for that and we praise you for the anointing of your spirit now so holy spirit i'm asking that you would alight upon everyone here and that lord you would search our hearts and know us see if there be any wicked way within us shine your light upon us now and we thank you god for you are good and you're loving and we worship you this day in the mighty name of Jesus. If you need to take the first step and come get some prayer, I want you to come forward and get prayer. Amen. Thank you, guys. You're dismissed, and I hope you guys have a good week. Thank you.